not go through the, uh, uh, the, the typical conduit of where this came from. Uh, I've done that twice, and I feel like you know by now. Uh, but this is our, this is the vehicle through which we present our vision to Grace Church. And so far we've talked about attitude, and um, uh, last week we talked about vision itself. Tonight we'll talk about purpose. Next Wednesday night, Lord willing, we'll talk to you about culture. These are things that we believe are absolutely necessary for a healthy church, for uh, for a church to grow, and not only for the church to grow numerically, but for the people who attend it to grow, at least those who are willing to commit to its vision. Now, if you're in and out all the time and and uh, you're not really on board with all this, then you, you probably won't grow that much. But for those that embrace our vision and our presentation, then I anticipate that you grow, and I've seen so many of you that have, and I'm very thankful for that. So I want to just jump right into this tonight. Uh, again, this is um, a four-part presentation. We've talked to you about attitude. We've talked to you about vision and then a vehicle through which we deliver that vision. Tonight I want to talk to you about purpose. Next Wednesday night I'll talk to you about culture. Um, so let's begin tonight with purpose. You hear that word <clears throat> used often uh, in the pulpit and if you spend any time with me personally, if we talk about Grace Church or something along that line, you're going to hear about purpose. Uh, I believe people should have a purpose, and I believe they need to know what that purpose is. 87%, 87% of Protestant Americans do not know their purpose when it comes to attending church. You wonder why people don't go? 87% so that means only 13% only 13% of Protestant Americans who go to church know their purpose in attending church on a regular basis so now you understand why I want to teach on this subject tonight why purpose why purpose why do I need to know my purpose it does two things purpose does two things to people number one purpose is a motivator it's a cause that you can believe in. It's a cause that you can rally behind. It's, it's worth putting your time, your finances, and what have you into. That's why we teach and promote purpose. The second thing it does is it gives you value. If you don't feel like there's any value in attending church in our current American culture, if you don't feel like there's any purpose in your attending church, then why go? And that's why so many people do not attend church. I know right here in Central, of a population of about 30,000 people, only 5,000 profess to attend church on a regular basis. That's only 25%. Uh, It's a startling statistic when you think about it. So our, our presentation of church through the years uh, I think a lot of pastors, including myself, have learned it, have, have, have learned this lesson the hard way. But um, I believe there's there's things that are said from the pulpit, from leadership, and what have you. That's uh, the wrong reason 
for attending church. Uh, we need more people involved. Well, that's true. Uh, you know, when we do a big event, we need people to help in the kitchen, and we need people to set up tables and chairs, and we need people to clean up and all that. That's not a good reason to me to have to have a desire for your church to grow. A lot of a lot of people feel like, well, we need more money in the church, so we need to grow the church so we can have more money. I'm not sure that's uh, a real good presentation either. The right reason to grow the church. The one correct reason to grow the church, and I'm talking about this church, Grace Church, the one reason we want to grow this church is because it's biblical. Everybody say amen. It's it's biblical to grow the church. This idea of people loving small churches, the us four no more. Uh, We had people attend our church when it was in Baker, with about 40 or 50 people in it, and they said if the church really grows substantially, I'm not sure I could continue to attend. So if your criteria for attending a church is because it's small and not growing, you're not in a very healthy place either. Your mentality's not healthy, but neither is your church healthy. So the reason we want to grow Grace Church is because it's biblical to grow the church. And that was the command of Jesus before he ascended back into heaven. I also believe that saints should have an active role in leading in the church. I believe saints ought to have an active role in leading in the church. And of course, this is people that embraces pastor's vision and what have you and stays in the parameters of what we believe and teach and whatnot. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, and he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the saints to do the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, the saints would do that till we all come into the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man of the measure and stature and fullness of Christ. So again, saints people who have obeyed the biblical plan of salvation and are are committed to that, who attend regularly. They need to have an active role in leading. All of that, of course, being under the authority of the pastor, which is also biblical. The second part of this uh, about purpose is in our current culture, uh, people need to be needed and they need to be known. People need to have an identity, and they need to know what their purpose is. And you hear pastors say these things on a regular basis. It's the greatest need of the human heart, bottom line. It's the greatest need of the human heart, bottom line, is to be needed and to be known. Yes, it is. Life doesn't make sense if you don't have that feeling about yourself that I'm needed. Oftentimes, families fall apart because the husband or wife don't feel like they're really needed. They don't serve a role or their role isn't embraced by the rest of the family and it causes family issues and family problems. Um, Let me stop here just a minute. Uh, Jason just mentioned about seeing things too good to be true. Y'all still feel that way about your spouse? 
Y'all remember that old pop song, You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. You're just like heaven to touch. The reason y'all are laughing is because you don't believe one word of that anymore about your spouse. That's why you're laughing. So uh, all of you people who just got engaged, remember that's where you're headed one day. So you're all into it now, but there's coming a time. Anyway, just um, wanted to throw that in. It's the greatest need of the human heart to be needed and to be known. And life doesn't make sense if you don't have that. You need something people in our culture today, and this is why we promote church so much, we promote it so hard, People need something in their lives that's bigger than their problem. They've got to have something in their life that's bigger than their problems. People have an inherent need to be fulfilled. There's eight things, according to uh, the study of psychiatrists, psychologists, what have you. There's eight things that brings fulfillment to the lives of people. It can be divided into eight parts, and all of you listen to this very carefully. The last one is the one that I want to focus on when I, after I'm done presenting this. First of all, there's physical needs that people have to have fulfilled in their life. That's eat, sleep, work, etc. You have to have those things in your life to feel some degree of fulfillment. 86% of people say they are when it comes to eating, sleeping, and working. I don't know about sleep and work, but I can kind of tell on that other one that we're all doing pretty well. <clears throat> we're, we're very satisfied with what we eat, you can tell. Do I need to elaborate? I, anyway. The second thing is safety needs. People want to feel secure. And in the light of terrorism and violence, and now it's in the church, we know that people walk into churches and start shooting people or whatever. Only 75% of Americans say they feel secure now. Only 75%. There's 25 that don't have that fulfillment in their life when it comes to that, this area. The third thing is love needs. That's relationships. That's being married, having a good marriage having family, having friends and whatnot. Only 50% of Americans say they're fulfilled in that area. Number four is esteem needs. Esteem needs. This is the need to be complimented, the need to be appreciated, the need to be praised. Uh, Only 40% of Americans, only 40%, Say they feel fulfilled in this area. And then there's cognitive needs. This is learning. This is brain stretch. It's, it's, it's motivate, being motivated to learn more uh, is another area of our life where we feel like we have to have fulfillment to be really satisfied with life. There's aesthetic needs, the need for beauty, the need to look good, the need to be presentable, and so on is an important area of fulfillment for American people. Number seven is self-actualization. This is saying that when I'm done, I'm done. I finish a project. I started out to do something, and I finished it. I completed it. 
I know people that never finish anything, and it drives me insane. You've got to follow through if you're going to start. If you don't, my dad used to say, if, you don't, if you're not going to finish it, don't start it. And I agree with that. I started out on this Christian journey a long time ago, and I intend to finish. Amen. But it's self-actualization. It's when I'm done, I'm done. When I finish, when I complete. Only 2%, only 2% of Americans feel this way. This is interesting. Only 0.15% of college graduates feel this way. 0.15% of college students feel this way. But then number eight, and then this is what I want to, to really talk about for just a moment, is transcendence. This is people living beyond themselves. It's people living beyond themselves and literally impacting the lives of someone else, of making a difference, not only in your life, but in the life of someone else. It's, for example, introducing two people and they get married. Um, finding helping someone find a job, uh, just doing something really nice for someone else, helping someone else feel fulfilled. It's transcendence. It's stepping outside of your comfort zone. It's stepping outside of your life and just what makes you happy and what makes you feel fulfilled. Well, to me, this is the essence of the church, and it's a huge part of the essence of the gospel. The reason Jesus wants us to share the gospel with people around us is so they can feel what we feel. So they can have what we have. And it's one of the greatest areas of fulfillment. And if you're not doing any self-evangelism, if you're never reaching out to anybody, helping anybody, being a Christian to anybody, uh, leading someone to Jesus, you're not going to be fulfilled, even though you may be born again. This is a necessary part of our life, and we have to understand that. So God's purpose for our church is in the people of our church. God's purpose in the church, in our church specifically, is in the people. Our, his purpose is now in us. It's us helping others. It's us ministering to others. And I believe it even gives God some degree of fulfillment when you tell others about how amazing he is. So a vehicle we use here at Grace Church to bring this to pass, to make it obvious, to make it apparent, is number one, we try to make things easy. We don't want Grace Church to be complicated. We don't want to be difficult. That's why we keep a very consistent schedule. We keep service schedule the same. Um, I heard of a church... Uh, a preacher friend told me several years ago that um, they went to visit a very prominent church in their area. And when they got there, they were not having service that Sunday morning. It had been canceled. Well, they did no push notification through their website, through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that kind of thing. No one knew unless you were in attendance on the Sunday's those things were announced. We try not to do that here. If we cancel service, usually it's due to a death or inclement weather, uh, where it's just too unsafe for people to drive out to church based on our estimate listening to the weather and so on. 
So we strive real hard to keep consistent schedule, keep service schedule the same. We try to start at the same time, all those things. We also have events. We try to keep those simple, and we try to market them as uh, clearly as we can. We have small groups. Sometimes we do them at the same time, and it's okay. Uh, we, we do some research into that, and if it's not too much overlap, we can do some events at the same time. Bottom line here at Grace Church, we endeavor to take people on a journey. We don't want you to feel like you've been in a class, that you've been lectured, that you've been judged. We want to take you on a journey. And if you'll take what we're saying tonight home with you and ingest it, it'll get you thinking a little bit different. So when you come back this coming Sunday, we're going to add something else to that. And when you come back next Wednesday night, we're going to add something else to that. Remember our subtitle for Grace Steps. Your journey is our passion. So we actually feel like the church is a moving entity in time. It's moving closer and closer to eternity. And so we endeavor (coughs) to take people on a journey. Everything we do here at Grace Church will inevitably lead to something else. (coughs) As much as possible, we make it fun. We want to make it enjoyable. Um, Now... When it comes to Sunday morning, we want the service to be enjoyable, but we also want it to challenge you. We're not here to tie everybody and give you a big puff of cotton candy when you walk out the door. We want you to feel like you're right with Jesus when you leave here, and we do everything we can uh, to have you think that way. We don't always lead with instructions. Oftentimes, I do this consistently with leadership people. I lead with questions, because if the question you give back is right, then it was your idea. And it empowers people, it gives people value, and it gives people purpose, and that's why we do that. We believe in discernment here. We believe discernment is essential. We don't want to take anything for granted. You may say you're doing fine, but a spirit of discernment kicks in that says, no, you're not. Um, we we, We believe in discernment here at Grace Church. We attempt to settle issues at Grace Church. If we are aware of an issue, uh... I don't mind as pastor, and this is a good opportunity to say this. If I know there's an issue going on between people, as a pastor, I feel like I'm obligated. I'm committed to stick my nose in it. And nine times out of ten, I don't want to. Uh, This is a whole lot of why we teach the style and genre of things that we teach, so you can settle all that among yourselves. But as far as Grace Church goes, I don't hear a lot of stuff going on between people, to be honest with you. I thought y'all would think that statement was pretty cool, but apparently not. We want a church that's fired up with each other and fighting and throwing chairs and songbooks and keyboards and guitars at each other, whatever. I think it's pretty amazing uh, that we have very little issue here at Grace Church, or at least things that I'm made aware of. If you have issues, you uh, resolve them among yourselves. We make sure people are directed to the right areas. Uh, That means several things making sure people are directed to the right areas. That has at least two meanings to it. One, and the primary meaning, is this is why we do personality and gifting. Those of you that's just gone through it, I understand y'all had some pretty aha moments, especially when it came to someone else. Now I know why you're an idiot. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Nothing like that was said that I know of. 
if it was, we have an issue to settle, right? So, um, but it, it, you understand now why you tick the way you tick and think the way you think. And uh, now you know why you might be good in one area, not so good in another. It's personality and gifting. So this is, helps us direct you to the right areas of leadership and ministry and so on. It's a no-brainer. But bottom line, it helps us help you fulfill your God-given purpose for being here. I just, I've moved away a long time ago from this thought that, you know, sister so-and-so is just such an amazing person. We need to have her teach in Sunday school. She could be a disaster in Sunday school. And we've seen that happen. We, we, we want sister so-and-so, we love sister so-and-so, so we, we need to have her in our music department. I want to tell you folks, and I want you all to understand, our, my personal presentation when it comes to leadership has nothing to do with how much I love you or how much I like you. I may not like you at all. I love you, but I may not like you at all. But if you have some great gifting, we want to get you involved in... in am I being too honest here tonight? I, there are going to be people sitting around here saying, well, he don't like me. He don't like me. You're the kind of person when the football team goes into the huddle they you think they're talking about you don't you um, <clears throat> but it helps us direct you to the right area uh the second thing we do and it's officially been ordered is we're fixing to put a bunch of signs all over the building to direct you to the nursery and the bathrooms and classrooms and all this kind of stuff and especially our newer people when you go out one of these doors and you're not sure where to go well we're going to put signs up it's going to help you get to where you need to go, and then when you come back, it'll help you get back where you were, where you came from. So uh, there's two things there we're going to be doing along that line. Um, leaders help. Our church, Grace Church leaders, help us move people from here to there, from where they are to a more preferred place or a more preferred future. Where here may be good, there would be awesome. Where here may be okay, being there could be wonderful. So we help do that. Uh, one of our leaders told me this past Sunday that I'm preparing for vision casting for my team. And it just, it lit me up, man, that um, I, I, I'm pumped that our serve team leaders do this. Listen to what I'm about to say in the landing gears out already. I don't want to change just for the sake of changing. I don't want to enter the arena of change just so I can tell people a year later I've changed. I'm not into that. I want to know why I'm changing and what benefit is there going to be for me going through this process. So here's my attitude. I don't want to change. I want to develop. I want to be better. I want to develop and I want to be better. I want to be consistent and I want to be clear. I want to be compelling. I want to see people wanting and willing to drop their nets and do whatever it is that God wants them to do. And it's, it's hard, bottom line, for pastor not to boast on this point or to brag. Maybe I can brag, but do it in a, a good, positive way, not an egotistical way. But there, there was people that walked into this church that felt like they were a nothing and had never been used and, and their abilities had never been tapped. they gifting had never been tapped and whatnot now it has been and they're happier it's not that they're happier they they're more fulfilled than ever they they they're excited about coming to church 
I noticed that when, men, when men's prayer was over Saturday, I've commented on several people, there was a buzz in the air that was unbelievable, and, and nobody was real quick to run out the door. Why? It's because of an environment we've created here that we want you to tap your purpose. We don't want you to feel like you're wasting your time coming. We don't want to guilt trip you into coming. I want you to attend Grace Church and be a part of it because you want to, and you're excited about it. And we, it's very easy to maintain that kind of momentum here at Grace Church. So we plan our events to intentionally build. It's like stacking dominoes. It's success is like a snowball. The more you roll it in the right direction, the bigger it gets. Uh, it's very rare that we're random here at Grace Church. And our overall plan and approach to people and church building and what have you it's very rare that we're random. Everything we do has a lot of forethought, a lot of planning. Um, I'll never forget uh, when uh, Mike and Sheila first started coming. They hadn't been coming too long as I remember. Um, there was just a series of events that caused them <clears throat> to sit in on one of our vision casting meetings. They were helping with food, and she asked, would it be okay if we just sat here? We're not going to talk. We just want to watch. And so she listened at that time. To us about 10 or 12 serve team leaders. Now we have so many, we don't have time. It would take five hours to do vision casting the way we did it back then. But she listened to, I don't know, it was maybe eight or 10 of our serve team leaders cast vision for next year, the following year. And they were prepared with dates for their events. And they knew the purpose of every date that they wanted to put on the calendar and what have you. She, she literally walked up emotional. She was in tears. She said, I never dreamed. She said, we come in and just sit down, and we enjoy the service. We enjoy everything going on. We had no idea that there was this much planning and forethought that went into this church. And I, I, I took advantage of the moment just to smile real big and say, well, look at me go. Yeah, it's, you know, it's working. You know, whatever. Um, but I was, I was, I'll never forget that. And I want all of you to know that it still goes on. It still goes on. It's interesting now that Sister Sheila is our church office manager. Now she's seeing it firsthand. Uh, she sees it virtually every day. That a lot of planning, a lot of forethought, a lot of nothing is random here. We never stop recruiting leaders. We never stop developing leaders. Church is a people business, and our goal is to always have more leaders than we need and more money than we can spend. That's our goal. We're not there yet, but that's our goal. By the way, at least 10% of our total church income every year goes outside of this church. So if the who is right, the what will follow. If the who is right, the what will follow. So in conclusion tonight, we look for the following in potential leaders, people that we want to pull out of just being members and say, hey, can you help in this area? This is what we look for. Number one, you have to be a Christian. You have to embrace our message and what have you. We've taught that. But you need to, to manifest Christian fruit. You need to be a person of character. Second thing we look for is you have to have character. Number three, you have to be competent. You have to be competent. Number four, we want you to understand chemistry, to be a team player. If you're the type of person that thinks I'm going to do this my way and I don't want anybody fooling with me and don't mess with me and I'll take care of this and get out of my space or whatever, you're not going to work. We, we're going to have to work with you a little while to have you understand. But the fifth thing is culture. 
you must understand our culture and our environment. We're life-giving here. Our purpose is to give people hope the minute they walk in the door. No one that comes here is hopeless. We're life-giving here at Grace Church. And then the final thing is we believe there should be calling. You should feel that little edge on the inside, that little voice on the inside that says, hey, you need to step up. You need to pour yourself into the kingdom of God more. We look for potential value. We like seeing potential in people. We look for potential. We look for potential value. And then we look for positive value. And this is where we introduce the Tigger attitude. People that are positive. People that believe in themselves. People that believe in God. People that believe in the church. People that believe in what they're doing. The Tigger attitude is simply this. The wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers are a wonderful thing. Their tops are made out of rubber and their bottoms are made out of springs. And they're bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. And the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is that I'm the only one. Tiggers are wonderful fellows. Tiggers are awfully sweet. Everyone else is jealous. And that is why I repeat the wonderful thing about Tiggers is that Tiggers are wonderful things. And their tops are made out of rubber and their bottoms are made out of springs. And they're bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. And the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is I'm the only one. We like that attitude here. Amen. We like that attitude. The third thing we look for is personal value. We look for people that are wanting to do life together. Let's build this church together. Let's do it. There's no one-man band here. We're going to do it together. And finally, we look for production value. We look for people that are wanting to be productive, and that people, we look for people that can be self-motivated. All of these things are the components. It's the vehicle we use to show people their purpose. <clears throat> so we want you to feel value here at Grace Church. Everybody here tonight has value to me. I haven't tapped all of yours. There's people here tonight who haven't tapped it all yet, but I want to. It's my desire to do it when the time is right. We're going to go for it. There's people here tonight that feel accepted in this church that never felt accepted anywhere else. One of the reasons they feel accepted is because we give them purpose. There's people here tonight that are part of Grace Church that are amazed that they're used for anything at all. Because in prior churches, they were never asked to do anything. We want you to feel purpose. We want you to feel value. And you are valuable to Grace Church. You're valuable to pastor. You're certainly valuable to your team. So, in conclusion, I want every one of you, every last one of you to turn around and look at that clock back there. Don't clap. You didn't even have time to look. You don't even know what you're clapping back there for, whoever. Derek, is that who? Who is that? Should have known. Trying to help people fulfill their purpose. That ain't one of them. Did y'all see that? It was 8-11. Because of him, now it's 8-12. He costed me one minute in my time bank. So you folks are getting out of here tonight. uh, What is that, 23 minutes early? Something like that. So uh, you owe me. Rex? Just saying, you owe me. Who else? Just want y'all to know. Sister Bonnie? You owe me. Who else? While I'm calling names. So I'm just kidding. Great to see you guys tonight. Thank y'all so much for being here. You're dismissed from the seated position. And I will look forward to seeing you Sunday with bells and whistles. God bless you in Jesus' name.